Hello and welcome to Hardcasters. Now, this podcast is here to entertain you. Of course it is, because, you know, two men talking utter, utter shit. How could that not entertain you? However, this week we're we're coming with a new message, okay? Mm. We're going to save the world, not just with guns and action and punching. Mostly. Mostly. We're going to save the environment. I am Dick Visage and I'm joined... Um, he's got a wolf with him and an eagle, and mm. um, he is looking yonder over over her horizon. Mm. Um, it's Dom de Plume. Hello. The, the the wolf isn't mine. It's actually sort of um, gnawing at my left testicle, and I was oh, kind yeah. of hoping someone would pry it loose. But I'll soldier on. I'm ever yeah. the professional. Um, yeah, keep, keep going. Yeah, the the, hawk, the eagle is not mine either as well. It's just landed on me. I don't know what what's going on. Um, so, hello. This, hello. So this week, so we're, we're going with uh, an action message, but we're going mm. with an environmental save the earth message from the from the person you would expect to hear it from. And that is Greta Thunberg, right? Uh, if Greta Thunberg had a bit black hair, a longer ponytail, a leather jacket and good at punching. Yes. OK. It's not her though, is it? It's no, Steven Seagal. It's Steven Seagal. Yeah. What's he well, up to? he's. I'll tell you what he's up to. He's up in Alaska. So we are talking about on deadly ground. So his directorial debut. So he mm. didn't just star in it. He directed it. Um. Can, before we start, can I make yes. a, a horrid confession? Oh, go well, for it. Up until last night, I had never seen this film. And I, I'm aware I said that just as you were taking a gulp of coffee. I've spat it everywhere, everywhere. Uh, and, and allow me to, to offer some justification. Um, I am one of the, uh, in his early run of films, I am one of the biggest Steven Seagal fans. I think from Nico to Under Siege, specifically Mark for Death, Out for Justice, Under Siege, are some of the best action movies from the early 90s right and i'll even accept under siege 2 then because that's that's the era where he's dressed in black he's kind of lithe he's aggressive there's a realism to the action it's it's brutal Mm. and then he went into what i would call his elaborate coat phase of (laughs) of of everything where his martial arts ability or at least the way it's photographed seems to be not as as well done as it is in, pre- in his early films, and he insists on wearing things with tassels, things with the sequins on, snakeskin, uh, rhinestones. Um, so, so was this a deliberate choice from you that you never watched it, and did you kind of, or did, was it just something that's passed you by? So every time I saw it, I kind of thought, well, this is this is not my cigar. Is this really? This isn't in beating the shit out of a guy in a in a bar. This is something else. Um, and so it just kind of fell into that era of Seagal that didn't interest me. And so I kind of neglected it, despite the fact it's it's as as pure Seagal, really, yeah. as you could imagine. Um, uh, and so having seen it last night, I think on one hand, it does fall into some of the traps of that. He is wearing a very elaborate coat. 
very tassily, isn't it? Very tassily. He is indulging a lot of his kind of the kind of things that take him out of that more realistic area of action. But at the same time, you know, he does kick the shit out of some people quite quite heavily and has a vision quest. So what's not to like? I mean, I mean, we we need to talk about the vision quest later on because yeah, it is it is it's something else and. It's even better when you realise that he's clearly directed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there is some actually good because I've I've seen it years. Ago. I mean, this I watched it recently, but I, I, this is a film I saw years and years and years yeah. ago. Um, and I remember it's always kind of passing by. And I, in my head, yes, he's got like a a shit a, a shit coat, and I thought this was kind of him massively on the way. But actually, it's ninety four. So it's mm. kind of just tail end, like you say, after Under Siege, a year after Under it's Siege. It's actually pre-Under Siege 2, which is... Um... Exactly, yeah. Which And w- when I watched it, I was expecting a fatter Seagal. Mm. Um, but he's still in fairly good shape in this. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Obviously, he's, he's there's a lot of kind of twattery in here when <laughs> he kind of uh, has lots of messages that he wants to kind of shove around yeah but there is still some cracking fights um yeah. and actually it was a m- m- much more of a satisfying film than i thought it would be mm. i thought i'd be i'd be watching just turgid shit but actually it's <laughs> it's turgid shit but actually it was quite enjoyable i quite enjoyed it and it what it, yeah. it, 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 it did satisfy me at the end of it i thought oh that was a lot better than i thought it would be yeah so i mean i think the plot is really easy and quick to sum up Steven Seagal plays Forrest Taft, neither of which are names. No. Um, That sounds like a rash you would get if you'd been hiking in the woods. I've got some of the Forrest Taft on my buttocks. Or Um, like uh, your Welsh mate who lives, who works down the pub. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm off to see Forrest Taft to buy some dodgy (laughs) dodgy DVDs. Yeah, exactly. Um, Now, I don't know what jobs Forrest Taft does. He seems to go to oil rigs that are exploding and stop them from exploding. But he doesn't because he does blow them up. Yeah, he and blows... in, in in the synopsis, he is actually a an oil worker. Apparently, he is one of the one of the rig workers on the rig. Right. Um, which and and then he seems to be someone from the land, but also an oil rig worker who then quickly turns against the oil workers. But it's not really pat- fleshed out very well, is it? Yeah. I mean, he's. But... he's... He's Steven Seagal in, in as much as he is what he wants to be at any given moment. Absolutely. Um, and he is also, as it's made very clear, about 45 minutes into the film, it's suddenly revealed that he's also got a secret past in possibly some government agency, which is why he has got a shed full of C4 and he's able to kill everyone silently and secretly. And um, the shed full of C4 is not just a bit like knocking around in a drawer. Yeah. It's like if you broke into a US army base mm. and broke into their, you know, a big warehouse. It looks like that. It looks like he's a small country. If that shed had exploded in real life in a, in um, Alaska, my windows here would have shattered. It's that <laughs> that much explosive packed into a shed. It's um, mental. Yeah. Um, and he discovers that his boss, who we'll talk about in a bit, oh, yes. <laughs> um, his boss is needs to put his new oil rig online super quick. Otherwise, the, the drilling rights revert back to the Eskimo natives. Yeah. Um, and since his boss is a, is a greasy corporate prick, 
Um, he's not going to let that happen because he wants to drain the land and pump crap back into it and ruin yeah. the environment. And so he deliberately buys faulty cheap stuff to get the thing on quicker, even though that's going to explode. And I again, I don't really know what the plan is there because surely it benef doesn't benefit him if it explodes as soon as he's got it. But anyway, I, I get the impression that in this film, because Seagal was directing it, he just decided to change plot points daily. Yeah. Like next day you go on set and it's like, right, what are we doing today, Steve? It's like, right, today um, you need to talk that my I had a massive military past. Mm. And the rest of the actors go, well, that wasn't in the script or it wasn't discussed yesterday. He's like, nope, we're doing that today. I was like, oh, okay, let's yeah. go along with it. And it just feels like a lot of things that unravel and go, yeah. oh, he's chucked that in there. I think he's chucked that in there. Yeah. So they set him up because they don't want him blowing this news to everyone. They blow him up. Uh, and then he is brought back to health by some Eskimo kind of, an Eskimo tribe who Inuits. I, I, are they yes, Inuits? I think so. Um I, I honestly I don't know much about the culture of these people and I don't know how accurate the culture of the people that is represented in this film. I I've no reason to disbelieve what I'm seeing, but um I, I don't feel much wiser having seen it. Um and he goes on a spirit quest. Um he becomes a bear of some kind um in a mystical sense and then and he, he fights a bear doesn't he? he does fight a bear and then he um <laughs> this is like did... we pitched it isn't it yeah, yeah. if you if you looked at this film because we we obviously pitched the seagal film in week one and we pitched uh dawn of justice which, it's not you know, far off is it it's this when i watched it i was like mm, i think we pitched this film <laughs> he's one it's literally one whittled squirrel prosthetic away from being dawn of justice <laughs> it really is um and so, yeah, he, what, now he's back. He just scoops up a load of guns, heads to the New York rig and, and blows it up. The end. Um, so the rig explosion thing at the start is fine this far. It's not particularly exciting. Let's talk about his coat for a second. It's a nice kind of tassely affair kind of. Is it? It's not leather, is it? And it's not. Is it suede? I don't know. I think it's like, uh, yeah, it's like a, a suede tan kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's not too far from Del Boy's coat, but instead of sheepskin fur, it's big cowboy tassels. What I also like about this is, I don't know if you noticed it, but Stephen Scales' walk in this film, mm. it's like Liam Gallagher crossed with um, kind of uh, Mike Reed, yeah. and. Even with the with the tassely coat, it mm. accentuates his walk. It's almost like it, I don't know. It's just a great walk, and because it's a tassely coat, it accentuates everything. Like the tassels are flinging everywhere, and it, he looks ridiculous. He like, looks like a the lower half of a female ballroom dancer. Yes, like with all those skirty flat flappy tassely bits yeah um i yeah. think that's what they're called i think you've hit you know <laughs> you, you clearly know. reached back into your dance past <laughs> yeah, i did yeah yeah <laughs> the flappy tassely bits yeah um so anyway that that's fine but then what when this film really kicks into gear is when he goes back to the local bar and there's a bunch oh. of blue collar oh. american fellows in there hassling some of the local inuit stroke eskimo folk mm -hmm. And Seagal does you think of ignoring them and not rising to or not lowering himself to level. And then he decides, fuck it, I'm going to kick the shit out of some people. Um, and kick the shit out of some people, he does. He he goes to town. Quite a lot of slow motion in this, but not slow motion like in terms of recorded at a higher speed. Mm. Put in slow motion 
in post, so it's blurry. Yeah. But the usual kind of twisty wrist, throw through a window, smash into a jukebox kind of yeah. uh, uh, gallery that we, 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 we Ooh, like. I like that term. I like that term. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I, I've copyrighted that. Um, but more interesting. Oh, there is a bit where he grabs a guy's testicles yeah. and pulls him forward and the guy falls on the floor. But the guy goes, my nuts, like that. <laughs> now, I... I've only sustained minor groinal injuries in my life. I, I once walked into a crotch high concrete pillar. I was looking the wrong way and just walked straight into it. And that brought tears to my eyes and tears to my genitals. Um, but I, I didn't shout my nuts. Or wasn't, that, like that. Um, wasn't that a Robson and Jerome song, Tears to My Genitals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Good Good that's a deep cut there um, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah I, I i did laugh when the guy shouted out my nuts as he flew through the air um i don't know if that's the intended response but the most important part is where he he faces down the large kind of bully of the group who who's he's appears in lots of scorsese films as a gangster doesn't he he's yeah. kind of one of the background goodfellas actors isn't yeah. he who I, and he plays full shit in this doesn't it just really yeah He's like a prickish John Goodman. Yes. yes He's also, I don't think it's the same actor, but in at the start of the Last Boy Scout, you know, there's the football player in the in the jacuzzi that Damon Wayne throws the football mm. into his face. Yeah. Basically that same kind of guy, but I think he might be mm. a different actor. Um, <laughs> and so Seagal, rather than just go complete to town, he decides to play a game. Yeah. And um, it's the hand slapping game. Yes. So if you can move your hands away before I slap them, yeah. Um, you get to punch me. If I slap mm. your hands, I get to punch you. And he keeps talking to this guy like, you're a man. Come on, you man, put your hands up. Which is actually... He, I, keep, I th- he keeps saying about his balls, doesn't yeah, he? He keeps saying, you've balls. got big balls, haven't you? He's a big, bald guy. Use your big yeah. balls. And he, he, obviously, he keeps slapping the guy's hand and punching him. Now, I quite like this scene because it mm. does... What I sometimes get frustrated in films is you set up a bad guy, either as the main villain or as just like a you know, uh, a little minor kind of shit along the way. Hmm. And just punching them or shooting never really feels satisfying, whereas he really humiliates this guy. He he bullies him, doesn't he? Because this guy's a bully. And actually through this, Seagal ends up bullying this guy because he keeps picking him up, shouting at him, and then hitting him. Basically just bullying the bully, isn't he? That's basically what happens. But then suddenly just stops punching him and goes... What does it take to change the essence of a man? And the whole bar goes, uh, and then the mind goes, I need time. And he kept taps on the shoulder and goes, Me too, and walks off. And it's like, What? Yeah, it, again, I just generally think like Seagal's like, Well, stop here. I'm putting this line in. And then yeah. everyone's like, That's not going to work, is it? I, and he's like, No, it'll work. Yeah. And it, does, it doesn't work, does it? I mean, I, I get what he was going for, the idea that he doesn't just beat the shit out of the guy. He actually, you know, teases him. But it just it feels like it goes from, like, 100 mile an hour to to zero mile an hour in, like, one second. Like, it just feels like he just pumps the brakes and changes tone completely. Yeah. And um, it, this and guy's nose is broken, squashed all over his face yeah. and everything, isn't it? And he looks just a mess. I think what would have actually happened is Stigal would have gone... What does it take to change the essence? And as he was halfway through essence, the man would have bottled him. Yeah. And then just stamped <laughs> yeah. on his head for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, 
now I think now is a good time to introduce our villain. Oh, um, yes. Who is, as you will know, um, Michael Jennings, played by <laughs> Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Now I've got shouty a... Michael Kane. I've got shouty. a question <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Where is he supposed to be from? Well, this is the thing because it it, it feels like at the start we meet him, he's like a Texan oil baron, mm. and but. As we go through the film, he gets more shouty. But when it as it progresses, he gets more and more cockney, mm. doesn't he? Yeah. He's just kind of going, shut, shut the fuck up, shut your <laughs> fucking mouth. And he's he just become, he's, he's forgotten that he has an accent. Yeah. I, I'm, I even think in one scene, he, he starts shouting off camera. You don't see him for a while. You just <laughs> hear him shouting and going, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> and then he appears. You know, when you see like an actor and occasionally their accent slips, yeah, this is like watching an American actor do a British accent, and it occasionally slips into American. Yeah, he says about four four words throughout the whole film with American accent, and the rest is just Michael Caine. But Michael Caine's fucking brilliant in this. Oh, I mean, there's I mean, there's so much to unpack. I mean, there's a bit because he, he plays an oil baron, so he he said to he's trying to pretend that he cares about the environment, yeah. and to do this. He has a press conference with the Eskimos and not that. Mm. But then he, he films a commercial, oh, commercial which I great. watched this three times. I had to rewind <laughs> it because it's so good. How would you describe this scene? So, um, he yeah, he's, com- he's doing a commercial to kind of appear friendly to, to, friendly to the environment. So they've set up a little snow scene. There's some trees and he comes on and there's a reindeer, I think. A couple and of reindeer. A wolf, or, and a wolf. There's a reindeer yeah, and a wolf. Or something, or, uh, uh, yeah on the set live ones and then there's a director now the director is played by Irving Kirshner who directed Empire Strikes Back Robocop 2 and Never Say Never Again and as he, he brings Michael Caine over goes like we're going to start here on a twig then pull back to a branch and pull back to a tree and he just looks at him and goes you got any bright ideas keep it to your fucking self and then he reads the cue cards out perfectly and it's all lovely and then literally before they even shout cut, he just, you know, and he's stroking these reindeer. He just goes, these fucking animals stink. And then <laughs> that's it. He done. swears at a reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. He's just having so much fun. His hair is dyed jet black, which, and there's one scene where he's, um, he's shouting at people at his desk. And there's a woman thickly applying, I don't know, pseudo cream or something to his face. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets so pissed off. He just tells her to go away. But it, with the cream not rubbed in. So he yeah. does the rest of the scene, big globs of white cream all yeah. over his face. And I don't know whether that's intentional, it's, whether yeah, he's supposed to be laughing. It's brilliant. It is great. It's brilliant. Um, it, it is so good. Um, there's a bit later on as well that, again, it even now makes me chuckle. Like, towards the end, again, we'll, we'll talk about the kind of how the, how the film plays out, but towards the end, it, obviously, it, it's a finale on the oil rig, hmm. and it's all going to shit, and we see everything blowing up and Michael Caine yeah. runs over to like a, a pipeline and a wheel and attempts to kind of unscrew the wheel. Yeah. And he turns around to one of the blokes who's running away and uh, he turns to the bloke and he's like, you come here and fucking help. And the bloke yeah. turns around as he's running and goes, fuck off. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. The whole, that whole scene was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just like, running past, like he just run on set and Michael yeah. Caine spotted him. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, he's so good. Yeah, and what a great supporting cast! Well, um, yeah, you've got John C. McGinley, who most will know from Scrubs, but who, who's 
popped up in a whole bunch of things and is always great value for money. Yep. Sven Thorson, yeah, our, our regular favourite. Um, yep. Arlie Ermy turns up, yes. and Billy Bob Thornton as a henchman who gets one one exchange about the stock on his gun. <clears throat> yeah, which I think must have just been improvised. But you think, yeah, great cast. Yeah, um, Joan Chen. Who, to, to be right. honest, she's kind of thankless in this. It's no, this is no uh, Judge Dread role for her. Let's no. let's be clear there. Um, so a really good cast. But anyway, let's get back to Seagal. So when they know he's gonna he's gonna blow the lid on, um, <laughs> pun intended, on the um, cheap, what they called inhibitors or preventers, preventers. Um, hey, Jay, I think they call them something different within each scene. To be fair, yeah, yeah. They they rig up one of their facilities to to blow up because Michael Caine doesn't give a shit as long as it is built it he just quite happy for the whole thing to explode, and then he tells Segal to go and sort it out and then they blow it up while he's in it and Segal's dressed in what looks like a silver kind of diving suit, um, which is quite fetching, um, and he gets blown up but he survives and the Inuits bring him back and this is where he's nursed back to health. By a uh, an old man with a cardboard crow head, <laughs> who wakes, seems to go up by going bah, 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 in his face. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, again, if this is if this is uh, a sensitive cultural ritual, I don't want to take the mic out of it, but it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Then he start. Then he just turns him over and just starts jabbing a knife in his back. Yeah. Um. And then we're in the vision quest dream sequence, which. Involve, so I'm trying to piece together all things happen. He definitely in the dream sequence he fights a bear and he just starts stabbing the shit out of it, right? Yeah, doesn't he, he start off as an eagle? Starts off flying around, not. And again, if I when I say fly around as eagle, he's not like Steven Seagal's got eagle wings, right? That would be amazing. But yeah, there's there's yeah. lots of eagle noise. There's lots of eagle noises throughout the soundtrack. Just an eagle goes off at every point. I wondered yeah. whether he's like his ringtone or his text alert was an eagle noise or something like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's eagle action. Do you think he shouted over. action, making a, a an eagle noise? Like he said, he shouted yeah. action. He just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Um, <laughs> then he fights a bear. Then he ends up in the cave from Empire Strikes Back, where Luke meets Vader. Only but, instead of but meeting, Luke doesn't meet Vader, does he? <laughs> no, he has a choice to make. Does he choose door number one, which is a naked, sexy Eskimo lady who just dances around? Yeah. With no clothes on for a very long like it keeps cutting back and forth between them well what also is weird before that there's kind oh, of there's there's lots the, of there's yeah. a tribe isn't there which is kind of i i assume that when during this ritual kind of it's supposed to be back to nature and and mm. kind of you know quite harking back to tribal times so it's kind of all the tribe men and women are, are kind of bare-chested mm. but it's shot in a way that the the, the kind of female uh, tribes people are kind of covered in oil and mm. they're kind of gyrating against each other so what seems to be this kind of haunting tribal thing has kind of turned into a bit of like a seagal's wet dream which yeah, is it's, very it's, odd it's just hits isn't it yeah i mean the men on at the foreground it's uh, the ladies no. up front yeah literally then, gyrating against each other yeah then he ends up in a cave and there's more naked women but mm. his behind door number two is what I initially thought was like a Victorian ghost. 
And when you get closer, it's a very old woman. It's an old hag, isn't it? But in like um, a bonnet with yeah. a with a kind of large rattle. And he's looking back and forth. And like, I mean, everyone, I think we're all seen enough movies that we know that, well, it's the old woman you choose because, the you know, it's wisdom over beauty. It's, you know. No, the, I, thought the, gonna have sex, I thought he was going to have sex with her. I thought he's choosing who to have sex with. I mean, either or, right? Um, and but anyway, he chooses the old woman, sits down, and she uh, hits him with the rattle. And there's all this shit about him being a bear, um, and the bear's going to come back. And I don't know. Anyway, he wakes up and he's fine. But it's a bizarre little sequence, really. Um, I've got a question for you. Yeah. So after, if you went on a spirit quest mm. and you and you you kind of you nurse back to health, and obviously you're going to go and get the bad guys. Mm. What would you your response be after waking up from that spirit quest and speaking to that old woman? What would you what would you choose to do? I I think that I would spend some time pondering it, but I also think it's very clear that there is something greater in the universe than violence. There is some other way yeah. to connect with the world. Is that what Steven Seagal comes out with at the end of his physical quest? Oh no, it no. <laughs> He he basically says, you know what, fuck it. And that's like literally one, Joan Chen says to him, you know, what about the spirit? He goes, that's bullshit, isn't it? Let's kill people. And so it does. And that's kind the of, next scene, isn't it? Yeah, it, it does kind of feel like then why did we spend all this time? And then I remembered, oh, because of the boobies. That's, that's I think that's why that scene is there, because it was a yeah. reason to get some boobies in. Now, but let's not forget the first thing he does is storm out of a tent and get mauled by wolves for no fucking reason. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally, it's almost like, again, he he's he said, right, today I'm mm. going to go and get on, I'm going to uh, sort the wolves out and they're going to follow my command. Yeah. And the animal traders in the background going, no, you can't do that because yeah. they don't know who you are. They'll jump on you. He's like, nah, fuck it, I'm Steven Seagal. I'm going to do yeah. it. He left the tent and the people in the background are going, oh, shit, they're going to attack him. They're going to attack him. Mm. And he's like, come here, wolves. And they just go, and just yeah. maul him. It, and yeah, it, it is mental. It, yeah, it's great. I mean, um, yeah. So then, oh, and then they go like, um, how are we going to get to to the cabin? Oh, we got a jet ski. Like, the, the the Inuit tribe who live in the in the kind of tundra um, and are dragged around by wolves, they've got a fucking petrol powered jet ski just under a blanket. So they drive back to um, a cabin, and there's computer files and shit, and there's a dead old man, but we'll, we'll skip all that. And basically, <laughs> while there, they get attacked by um, Sven Thorson um, or Thor Svensson, whatever his name is. And a bunch of bad guys. And here we get some nice kind of action. Seagal simultaneously shoots a guy above him on the above floor and in front of him. Um, it's very, work, isn't it? it's nice very squibby, squibby. very squibby, lots of blood. And that's good. Um, some good slow motion stuff. Um, I would say him versus uh, Sven Thorson wasn't quite as exciting because he just tends to bonk him on the head with what looks like a very large bone. Or whale penis, yeah. but you know, um, lots of things get get shot to, to bollocks. Then they get on horseback and head off into the mountains. Now, by this point, <clears throat> Michael Caine's hired some mercenaries who are led by Arlie Ermey, um, and there, that is where they start to bring in the idea that that Steven Seagal is some um, government warrior. 
Um, and there's a horseback chase, which involves uh, him setting up some traps. Claymore mine goes off and just lacerates some prick. Again, yeah. some great squib work. Then the aforementioned exploding shed blows up and somehow a helicopter nearby explodes at the same time. Yeah, that's which right. Which is a bit weird. But again, there's lots of a map painting work of, of, of horses leaping over chasms. Very uncharacteristically Seagal, this, this, this sequence. It feels there's not so much martial arts. It's more horseback leaping over mountains and mm. helicopter exploding and stuff like that. But, you know, all, all good value for money. And then, yeah, they just decide they're going to attack this this oil rig. Um, and he just loads up with guns and just starts shooting the crap out of people. Yeah, um, he just goes to the oil rig, just shooting, killing everyone. And uh, increasingly violently as well. Doesn't he kind of stab someone through the eye with a knife and yeah. kind of hack someone's arm off? And, yeah, it's quite... For someone who's just been on a spirit quest, he's still very angry. Yeah, I mean, there's there's there is literally, as far as I can tell... He learned nothing from that. Absolutely nothing. I mean, but yeah, he just blows you up. And he ends up dropping Michael Caine into some... Oh, I mean, he properly kills some fuckers as well. So there's there's John C. McGinley, and then there's a female kind of executive shit. And oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically just shoves John C. McGinley into the, the rear rotor of a helicopter. Yep. And then the woman gets in the car and escapes. And she's just driving. And then she just suddenly goes, and crashes into <laughs> a big oil canister and explodes. Yeah. But it doesn't just explode. Like, you get a shot of her covered in blood first. Mm-hmm. Then she explodes. So it's a pretty nasty death. But yeah. she just, she just, that's all her own fault. She just crashes her car. Um, then he drops Michael Caine into some oil. And then everything blows up. And, I mean, this is, this is a very... What this film might lack in raw martial arts brutality, it makes for... Uh, up for with things blowing up everything explodes in this film yeah absolutely absolutely but i like the way at the end michael kane's dangling but he's just dangling there swearing yeah just Fat, like it like it fucking. like a, like a pinata with tourettes yeah he's going fucking fucking drop me there you fucking yeah someone's off camera like he's his vocal like you're supposed to be texting fuck off <laughs> yeah Damn it. um and then you think it's going to end and then there's like a five minute monologue about how we need to save the the environment. I was going to say, I mean, there's there's clear messages throughout this when he we sides with the tribe and goes against the oil drills and stuff that it's slightly on the nose that the message he's trying to push. Then we get this sequence, and it's not just slightly on the nose; it's literally like a part of a local broadcast that he's shouting with a bullhorn, isn't it? Yeah. Now I would say. Um... He's fairly convincing. Like I watched, I think, yeah, you know what? You're right. We do fuck everything up. But it's just, it just feels like part of me would rather just watch you punch a few more people at this point. Um, but also, you know, most of the films we cover, the ideology and the politics driving them are so fucking dodgy. I mean, listening back when I was editing Who Dares Wins, we spent half that podcast just dancing around. Should we be celebrating the SAS? Should we be yeah. celebrating? Whereas this is actually like, you know what? Apart from possibly, possibly some questionable cultural representations, although it might be super accurate, I don't know. This is pretty much morally okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, any final thoughts on this, uh, on Seagal's directoral debut? Um, I think we've covered everything, haven't we? I think really. I think we've done a very good job. I think we've been 
considering that the plot's fairly wafer thin, I think we've we've added some mustard on there, and I think you know done well. Yeah. Would would you often have mustard on a, a wafer thin, uh, what cracker or something? I mean, that was. Well, that... I am French. I'm French, so yeah. Well, so am I. We... Yeah. <laughs> Who said I'm not? Um, so... Just me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to keywords um, now. Before we start, we've done it. We've had some things rejected. No. But but possibly not the things you would think. So we attempted to enter six keywords for Showdown Little Tokyo. Okay. Let me go with the ones that were declined first. It wouldn't let us have barrel sex. Right. Your contribution has been declined. We did not capture a specific reason during processing. Well, we've had, I mean, we got mid-credit sodomy in, so barrel sex seems tame by comparison. Yep. We also did not get in Christmas Day Dolph or Herman Munster, right? But unrequited love got in. But more yeah. importantly, despite the fact that barrel sex didn't get in, stealth ejaculation did. Amazing. Amazing. Um, <laughs> as did belly flop. <laughs> <laughs> so we still got three we still got three approved um but you know what i'm not angry i'm excited that there, there does seem to be some pushback i mean where's the fun if there's no challenge maybe they're on to us maybe they're like ah i see what you well, guys are doing now it's time to put that to the test now if we look at the keywords for on deadly ground there's 180 most of them start off with oil oil spill oil rig environment environmental alaska corruption eco-terrorist sled dog pretty good hanging upside down gore <clears throat> is nice okay. um floppy disk <laughs> booby trap <laughs> there's, there's horse chase <clears throat> horse chase is a good keyword um reindeer um eagle's feather is nice knife through head f word what Shall we add? I've got Om. a few in mind. How about <clears throat> essence of a man? Yes. Can we that or man's essence? Because man's yep. essence <laughs> slightly sounds slightly spunky. Yeah, all right. Man essence. Man essence. That's it. Oh, covered in man essence. Um, I mean, vision quest. That's got to go on there, isn't it? Sexy quest. Oh, sex quest. Sex quest. Love that. I was wondering if there's any way we could get in there like Cockney Cowboy or something. Uh, Cockney Texan. Cockney. Can we, have can we have Stinky Reindeer as well? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Tassels. Flappy Tassels. Flappy Tassels. <laughs> Tassels. My nuts? Yeah. Do we have that as our last one? Yeah. My nuts. Now, um, before we move on and we start pitching mm. shit, do you think there should... What on Deadly Ground merchandise should there be? So, <clears throat> I've got it. So, mm. picture this, listener. Yeah. And Dom. Picture, I mean... picture this. <clears throat> so, it's Christmas Day. All right. yep. you come you come downstairs mm -hmm. he's been 
he's been and underneath the tree there's a big box yeah you unwrap it i mean as a kid the most exciting thing to get mm. before games consoles was an action play set yes so like you've got a wwf ring mm. or you've got snake mountain or mm. you've got you know castle gray school or you've got um you know uh or mm. mega supreme or something like that something you can yeah. unpack and play with how about you open it and on the box it's a, a giant oil rig a oh. four-story high oil rig mm. and <clears throat> it's basically got you know like on a transformers box when mm. it's got optimus prime and megatron kind of firing towards each other mm. Think of Steven Seagal and Michael Caine drawn like Optimus and Megatron, firing mm. like cannons at each other. And yeah. that's on the front of the box. You open up the box and it's a multi-level um, action oil rig with falling platforms. And, yes. And all I was say, rig. there's a platform that you put Michael Caine's figure on and it collapses and he falls into the oil below. Yeah. Now, I, I like the idea of a full range of action figures. And I like the idea that... Remember, like, there were Rambo action figures and there were the Chuck Norris Commandy, uh, Karate Commandos. And then, or, like, you get, like, the Independence Day figures or Jurassic Park action mm. figures, and they bear no resemblance to the movies. So I'd, like, bear in mind it's the 90s, there'd be, like, um, uh, battle armor Michael Caine. And he'd have Michael Caine's head, but he'd have, like, armor plate and, like, a jetpack and big claw arms. Or it'd be, like, toxic sludge Michael Caine, and he's in, like, a... Uh, special thing like a uh, day glow glow in the dark suit and then yeah. you'd have like uh, arctic tundra steven seagal or arctic tundra forest taft and you'd have yeah. like snowshoes um and stuff and you just you basically they'd only have like those two figures just multiple versions of them yeah um, absolutely yeah um but also like the fact there's like that the the oil rig is the big playset. there should be a couple of vehicles so there'd be a the skidoo, the 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 snowmobile, would That's be right. one yep, with missile launcher. Absolutely, there would be uh, the helicopter that they keep flying around in, but with like rockets and stuff. It'd be like a mask one. Yeah. Um, and then um, you could get Steam Seagal and uh, a Joan Chen figure on horseback. Yep. Um, I th I think there'd be a Steven Seagal would have a vehicle that's not in the film. Yeah. So he'd have like a, a fire truck, but like with all like mm. missiles and stuff. That's like this isn't in the film. Where's this from? Yeah. Well, that's that's in there as well. Yeah. And Michael Michael Caine's got one as well. He's got like. A... <laughs> Can it be a, a robot spider? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like a like a command platform, like he flies yeah. about. But yeah. Absolutely, he's got a robot spider. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The drill drills for oil. It's got a big drill on yes. the front of it. And then, but then the the smaller playset would be. Um, Taft's cabin playset, and it would be basically it'd be like a plastic bit of mountain, almost like Boulder Hill, and at the top would be a uh, a kind of wood effect cabin that's in different parts, and you press a button, it just explodes. Um, yeah. And then in the in the mountain bit below is where he has his vision quest, and you get an old woman and a naked woman. Um, yeah. yeah, and then basically you put him. On like a little revolving turntable when you press the button he, he looks left and he, it rotates left and right so he can choose you know the kiddie winks can choose whether he listens to the wise old woman or gets it right up the filthy bit you know um 
Fun, that's, fun. What says, that's what it says on the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, ages, ages eight and up, I think. Um, <laughs> Can he um, have a spin-off cartoon as well? Yeah, it would be called like uh, Captain Planet, Forest Taft, and the the Eco Kids, and it's yeah. it's him and a bunch of fucking teenagers um, yeah. who run round kicking the shit out of a bunch of kind of and. Michael Caine doesn't do the voice. We get someone, but uh, Michael Caine plays Jennings, who is like Max Mayhem from Mask or whatever. Just an evil. Yeah, he's been brought back from the oil, so he's yeah. come out of the oil all kind of disfigured. So he's he's yeah. a bit like he looks a bit like Skeletor or yeah, like Cobra Commander or something. Yes, yeah. I like the fact like remember in uh, Action Force the movie, yeah, that it goes weird and Cobra are like a race of ancient mutants. That's right. Yeah, uh, I think there should be like a toxic prehistoric toxic people who live beneath the earth yeah. who are controlling Michael Caine's character. I think uh, Michael Caine does the voice, but I think they put it through like a robot synthesizer. Yes. He's shouting in Cockney, but it's all like kind of robotic kind of like voicey. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. This, this And he can't oh, swear in it because it's a cartoon. So what could he replace the fuck bomb with? What could he, what could um, he use? Uh, firstly, we need to make a film called The Fuck Bomb. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, um, his his swear word be sludge. Oh, <laughs> sludge! Get that sludging map. But every now and again, you forget, and it'd be like, <laughs> and they wouldn't they wouldn't have time to edit out. So it'd be like, come on, let's get that fucking. Oh, I mean sludging. Oh fuck bollocks. I, I had an idea for this. I think we can we can we can play around with it. I just had an idea about the theme. Mm. So <clears throat> I think you know we go for saving the planet with guns and action. Yeah. But I also think we include the environmental theme. Mm. So here is my potted pitch to you. Mm. So it's a few flash ideas. So we could flesh this out either in the title generator or develop it by bouncing ideas. So <clears throat> he's an eco warrior. Yeah. In my head, instead of an eco-warrior, and I'm not necessarily thinking Seagal. I've got someone else in mind for this, but I'll run that past you in a minute because I think we've already pitched a Seagal film. Yeah. yeah. would be quite similar. So we need to go for the eco. But instead of an eco-warrior, <clears throat> it's basically he the character becomes Mother Nature. Mm. So effectively, it's like an action star dressed like Poison Ivy. Love it. Kind of midway between Tarzan and Poison Ivy. Absolutely. And he mm. gets sent on a spirit quest to either the centre of the earth or centre of a mountain. And in there, uh, he becomes Im- Im- imbued or kind of comes part of mm. the spirit of Mother Nature. So he's basically someone who's been painted green. And he looks a bit like the Jolly Green Giant. He's got kind of like elf, you know, those kind of slippery shoes. Yeah. Ivy wrapped around his genitals and his ass, and he's painted green. <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking that person, yeah, is Jason Statham. <laughs> yes, yes, as Mother Nature. I, yeah. Um, oh, I'm in. I'm in. It's the idea is is still an action star, but using environmental means to save the earth. Yeah. So I thought we could start with that. 
so okay should we should we should we see if the generator so obviously the title generator won't come up with something specifically nature-based on deadly ground isn't really you could take that as any interpretation couldn't yeah really so okay so let's so uh just opening it up um here's a couple of things that's that's thrown up which aren't suitable for for what we're going to do but surgical husband is a nice title fancy cash i like his name fancy cash yes that's it there satan's piss <laughs> naked armageddon uh sexual hill body of the dangerous gladiator screaming games hyperpunks bloody monsters gunfire at hot gorge <laughs> um, experimental hands uh rage of the ninja leopards Flight of the Violent Bastard. <laughs> That's good. Arse Gold. Me and the Laser Child. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> the Laser. That's like an Enid, Enid Blarton novel. <laughs> Exotic Fist. Exciting Magnums. Body of the Golden Soldier. Naked Sex Fiends. Justice for the Hawk Puncher. <laughs> oh. That's pretty good. Yeah. Warm Sentinel. Remember Justice for the Hawk Puncher. We might come, come back. Warning! Gun Phantom is a good, is a good one. Wet Explosion. Codename Sweaty Commando. <laughs> Wet Thunder. Reign of the Christmas Cock. I mean, we, um, uh, we could just go on. Yeah. Uh, forever here. I th- what vengeance is a hawk puncher, don't we? Yes, justice for the justice Massive, for the yeah. hawk puncher. He's the hawk puncher. Fancy Maybe, cash. May- well, there we go. Yeah, fancy cash. The fancy hawk puncher cash. Yeah. He's got known because he had such a disrespect for animals and mother nature. His name was his nickname was literally the hawk puncher. Right. And he has been given the opportunity by mother nature to seek justice for nature and for himself for redemption. Justice so what, for the hawk puncher. Where are we setting it then? So are we going to uh, say Alaska like the Seagal film? So I uh, where is a a place that we really haven't been cinematically? That might be interesting, um, and I, and I'm and I'm wary about going somewhere where there might be some cult cultural kind of sensitivity. I don't want to delve too deep. Maybe we can. Could... You think of Mother Nature. Where would you think about Mother Nature? Where's kind of the most earthy place you could think of? I'm thinking something like either a rainforest or some lush verdant island somewhere. Because um, I was thinking either Hawaii or New Zealand. Mm, Hawaii's pretty good. Yeah, because basically we're just doing Jason Statham as Moana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, no, he's he's basically a, a, um, he's an ex crack uh, U.S. commando. Even though, like Michael Caine, he's played it full Cockney. He's, a, yeah. he's you know, it's never explained that he's English. He just plays it Cockney. Yeah. Um, who has left the mainland? To, I tell you what, because some of the, uh, part of the islands of Hawaii, some of the actual islands are classed as national parks. Mm. So he's been sent there 
partly because he's fed up, also partly because the the, the top brass at the US military just want him just to, to fuck off and mm. just go somewhere quiet. So he's been left in charge because he was a part of what he did. He was like a tracker. So mm. he went out into lots of places in South America and tracked through jungles. So they've sent him to this island in Hawaii um, to look after the island, look after the locals and basically just keep them safe. But he's, his heart's not in it. He's a bit fucked off with it all. Mm. Um, and this is where he gets the nickname, the hawk puncher, because yeah. like this thing's stuck in trees. And instead of like, you know, helping it out, he just punches animals out of trees. And yeah, I, I, I like because when we first meet Forrest Taft, you know, people are like, you're a bit of a dick, actually. He used to be an all right guy. He's a, he's a company man. Yeah. I like the fact that um, that fancy cash is. Yeah, he's just fell up. I, I want the image of him shouting obscenities like a squirrel. Like he's got it in his hand, and he's just like you fucking asshole. Like right, hairy in little, you hairy little cunt. <laughs> yeah, and he's dropping litter, like more yeah. litter than he could possibly generate. Like he's walk, he's sit close up of his feet, and just like, like hot, like boxes and plastic are just falling next to him. He keeps like he just like keeps having fires on his land. Like he keeps chucking tires and just burning everything, mm. and just polluting all the air. And then he's betrayed. Uh, by his CIA contact, mm. who is one of these, you know, uh, government shits who uses the, the, you know, his credentials to get in and and do his own thing. Who's he's? So I like the idea. This guy's mining. He's got a mine and he's enslaving people, yeah, the locals into working in the mine. Can he be and, testing new weapons out as well? Like he's kind of yeah. he's got a lot of kind of big guns that he's just blowing shit up around the mine with and just kind of just yeah. causing havoc. He he betrays Statham and Statham ends up getting blown up and mm-hmm. nursed back to health by some of the locals who will will sketch very, very broadly. Who's who's the villain? What's his name? Who plays him? Right. So the villain, so XCI shit who runs a local mine. Mm. Um and basically, he's he's got a team of mercenaries who he drafts into the mine, again, just to kind of walk around with guns and threaten people and, and test mm. these weapons out. So we'll talk about them in a minute. I think he should be called Max Shrubbery. Yep. Um, the, or The Shrub. Mm. And he's played by, I'm tempted to say, now you mentioned him earlier, I'm tempted to say John Goodman. Yes, that'd be good. Who's because yeah. who, John Goodman can play a really nice, mm. welcoming bloke, but then turn full shit quite quickly. Yeah. So I quite like the fact that he doesn't have a physical match with John Goodman because John Goodman's like the Michael Caine role; he's got mm. mercenaries around him. Mm. But I, I, again, John Goodman can do shouty quite well. Can he have a haircut very similar to John Travolta in Pulp Fiction? Like a, a like a almost like a kind of like a mullet, but a slick black mullet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he's got um, a very pointy beard as well, like a really pointy goatee beard. Yeah, yeah, soul patch maybe. Yeah, um, he's always wearing white gloves. Yes, always. And he drives um, around the 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 area in a golf cart. Yeah, just shouting at people. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, and then he's got he's got to have a henchman who's the physical threat. Yes, for, absolutely. For Statham. Um, now, is it someone who's going to be able to kind of go toe-to-toe in a martial arts battle or someone who's just tough-looking? 
You know, I keep thinking about who is not necessarily the most amusing actor to be considering, but he's someone who's very fitting this era. Do you know David Morse? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, if you Google, you know, anyone out there who doesn't recognise his name, if you Google him, he's in a lot of action movies. And yes. I think he'd be quite, he'd be like good as the John C. McGinley, kind of like, kind of an executive, mm. but also in charge of security. Yes. Um, I think that's so a good he's bar, always barking into a large walkie-talkie. Yes. Um, great. Brilliant. So Statham, uh, he gets blown up and they toss him out of a, so he's done a mission. He's flying back in like a big helicopter and they betray him by shooting him and kicking him out of the helicopter. Can into... he fall into a volcano? Yeah. And then like goes through like a, a river of lava and ends up in the, in, uh, in the jungle in, in Hawaii. Mm. And he's kind of, I like the idea like these vines wrap around him and kind of carry him to a local ancient undiscovered secret tribe. Yeah. And who bring him back to health. And this is where he goes on his vision quest. So let's go to fucking town on this. Yeah. So um, he starts off as a hawk. He starts off as a hawk. But he's unlike before, dressed yeah, as a hawk. <laughs> I, he's got his his arms are in giant feathery wings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got like a tiny prosthetic beak on his He face. looks like the fucking sorceress from Masters of the Universe. Yes. And he's on a is he's, he's on a cable against the green screen and he's flapping and squawking. Um and I, that's that's right. Then I like the idea he you know you know like where like camera will skim really close to a lake and then yeah. it'll go in. And mm. then you cut to a shot in slow motion and leaping out the water like a salmon. Yeah. But he's li he's literally like a salmon, like he's in a mermaid outfit. Yeah. But his arms are in there as well. Yeah. So the, the fish part goes up to his nipples. Yeah. And he leaps out like a, and you know, Statham's a diver. Yeah. He's, he could pull that off. I like the idea of still in fish mode, he, he, he flaps onto a plate. And there's a giant John Goodman with a knife and fork coming towards about to eat him. And he's like, yeah. no. And then we go into his mouth. The camera yeah. goes into his screaming mouth. Because he's processing being betrayed. Yeah. And that's where we go super weird. What animals would he fight in his in his vision quest? He'd fight a triffid. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes, he can. Punching yeah. a fucking plant. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I think when it, we go into him, yeah, he's, he's in a Venus flytrap. Then he's trying yeah. to struggle to get out. And then he's fighting a triffid. And then there's another bit where he... He's he's a walking tree, so he basically just put a tree stump on him and painted him brown, yeah. and he's kind of stomping through a forest. I think then, can we dress him as a bee? <laughs> yes, yes, of course we can. <laughs> a perfectly round bee costume, and we've made like a paddling pool, like the centre of a flower. We've put like these petals on. And we yeah. filled it with honey and he just rub. He's just like <laughs> squelching around in all this giant kind of, it's basically KY jelly and, yeah. and stuff. Um, or, or no, it, we've actually put real honey and during filming, he then gets attacked by real wasps. Yeah. We had to <laughs> stop filming for four months because he just got horrifically stumped. <laughs> um, okay. I love it. Now I like the idea of him being presented with some choices yeah. Um, when he comes out of his bee costume. Um, so I think 
we need something that represents his old life yeah and the kind of violence and sex of that and the disrespect for nature so like Seagal's one I think there should be a, a sexy naked woman but rather than just sort of dancing naked I you know like when you see people crushing grapes for wine with their feet mm. that but instead of grapes it's small animals like gerbils and stuff she's like just trampling on a bunch of animal corpses and she's got like a couple of swans in each hand that she's wringing their necks while shimming her, her bosoms and so I, yeah, i'm gonna say i think she's pouring honey up from a beehive on herself she's yeah like, it's basically kelly brook just, just yes. covered in honey but looking really sexy at the camera just smashing a swan's head against a rock <laughs> yeah and for statham for, i mean so for fancy cash that's just like the dream then he turns the other way and now i've got an image instead of an old woman there's like a giant egg Right, and it cracks, and out comes a kind of Howard the Duck, kind of part eagle, part baby, human baby thing that kind of rolls out and starts kind of crying, um, and he has to go and choose between banging Kelly Brook on a bed of dead animals or um, cradling this kind of mutant eagle baby, and he has to vomit up dinner like a mother being into its mouth which which is him reconciling with animals but now he has the next stage is he needs to become one with nature i think and so, he meets mother nature i think the next yeah. bit he walks through like a curtain of ivy hmm. and there sat on like a throne of twigs is mother nature hmm. which i'm tempted to cast as a an old english actor <laughs> So he's like, I know yeah. why they call me Mother Nature, and he just yeah. get, he's just a really huffy bloke. Let me think. I mean, we've used Ian McShane. He would be oh, good. He was my next one. Ian McShane. I he mean, we. Next... I think. I think Ian McShane. Be Ian McShane can play anything. Yeah. Um. And I. So I like Ian McShane in a kind of leafy bikini. Yeah. On the throne of twigs. Yeah. Um. So does Statham have to have sex with Mother Nature to become? What about? What about actually? Ian, Ian McShane has kind of followed Statham's spirit journey years and years ago, but he's stuck mm. there waiting to pass the mantle of Mother Nature on to the next person. Yeah. So McShane was like a soldier in the Second World War who got stranded there and mm. went on his own spirit quest, and he's back in there ready to pass on the mantle. Yeah. So he's like, you know, Mother Nature is just something we pass on. Mm. But, yeah, he has to bang her. <laughs> yeah. And I like the fact that in order to do that, he like he can morph himself into an attractive woman but every now and again during the sex and we just hard cut back to statham riding ian mcshane like with squelchy sound effects as well like <laughs> then it cuts to like all soft focus and romance and it's but <laughs> you're welcome everyone <laughs> that's the sound <laughs> statham having sex with ian mcshane i think we've just lost our only <laughs> listener <laughs> I think he's just choked on his own vomit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that Statham suddenly wakes up in a bush. Yeah. Suddenly. Yeah. Like, just as... We <laughs> 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 have a close-up of him with his face. And he's like, I'm going to come. And then Statham wakes up. <laughs> right. And he's like, what What was that? As he's waking up, can we just hear Ian McShane go, 
Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Statham uh, wanders back into town. He's uh, green, though, isn't he? He's green at this point. He's, he's now green, green. Yeah. And he's made himself a kind of loincloth out of leaves. Yeah. But also one that goes across, like the Tarzan thing, like from shoulder to waist, kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, what are they called? Uh, a sash. Yeah. A sash and a loincloth of leaves. And he's green. And he's got, like, shoes like the Jolly Green Giant. He's got, like, kind of, like, you know. The, with the of... curly ends. Yeah. Has he got pointy Has he got pointy elf ears now? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> is a blonde Caligula wig too far? <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm I'm drunk on uh, on excitement for this whole day. So okay, we'll 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 leave it at pointy yeah. elfies. Yeah, <laughs> and he's he wants to tell, and, and we'd have some fish out of water stuff. And I like the idea that he. I know this is slightly six, but we're going to recreate the bar scene from on Deadly Ground. He wanders yeah. into a local pub because he's British mm. and he's hungry and thirsty. He wants a beer, and he he walks up to, it and everyone's like looking at him. And there's a big guy there who's like, look at this, look at this fairy. Um, Can the big guy be like, um, kind of uh, like putting his cigarette out in a, in a plant or something? Yeah. Or like kind of, yeah, or yeah, putting a, some, just kind of like, or cutting like branches off a tree or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what is he's brought a tree with him to the pub and he's just kicking <laughs> it, <laughs> smacking <Yeah>. it about. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, Statham, like, I, I like there be a moment where everything goes kind of quiet and out of focus, and Statham can hear the plant complaining, like it's a it's um, a harassed waitress. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "I'm fucking not having any of this." And Have just, we brought uh, Kelly Brook back to do the voice? Yeah. And he just hurls a pint glass at this guy, mm. um, and then they get into a fight. But then. So does the Statham have nature powers? Oh god, yeah. Oh they okay. So yeah, he's got like vines as whips. Yeah. Is there some way he can kind of adopt the power of Venus flytrap? Uh what could yeah. turn <laughs> we won't elaborate. He just does. <laughs> um yeah, and he kind of squirts like green gas into someone's eyes. He, no, he fires bees out of his mouth. Oh yeah, bee, yeah. Yeah, of Abby's fingers, he points his hands and yeah. bees fly out yeah. and sting the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Um, but then he also is is partial to a roundhouse kick to the testicles as well. Oh, yeah, he finishes it off like yeah. just kind of just full on. Cracks someone yeah. over here with a pool cue. You know, yeah. he's, he's learning and adapting. And then he takes the tree home with him. <laughs> and we won't elaborate, but yeah. <laughs> So, well, no, the tree is the is the love interest, the tree, voiced by Kelly Brook. Yeah, and similar to what we said before with the McShane uh, fiasco, um, when we do dialogue scenes, there'll be like it'll, it'll cut to like a soft focus of Kelly Brook's kind of face mm. surrounded by leaves, but then we to everyone else, the bush is just kind of wobbling, <laughs> um, and then she's like. You know, I'm here as a reminder of what you learn in your spirit quest. You've got to go and get John Goodman out of that mine. He's ruining this. This he's ruining Hawaii. You know, he's putting people in slavery. He's polluting the air. He's cut down loads of forests to make this mine. 
you must use your nature powers mm. to do this. And then Statham's like, now nah, fuck that shit. So from that point on, yeah. although he's still green yeah. and in a nappy made from leaves, yeah. he doesn't use a single supernatural ability. Okay. He just kicks people. So he goes back to his old weapons cachet. Yeah. And full tooling up scene. But can it, what's, can it be ridiculous? Because obviously we've got your forest taft and a mountain full of dynamite. Can this be mm. like he's got an underground base? Like he presses a button and the ground opens up and mm. it's like the back cave under there. It's literally just like a huge... He's got like tanks and hummers and just every fucking thing <sighs> under there. Yeah. He's got uh, a hovercraft <laughs> with rocket launches on that's going to drive on land. He's and that got... talk like a kit. Yeah, it's got uh, it's Kelly Brooks' voice. Yeah. And uh, how about this? He doesn't take guns. He just uses bazookas. Okay. So he's got like two on his back, mm. two smaller rocket launchers down each leg, and yeah. one in his hand. And he only, yeah. so he's only ever shooting missiles at people. Okay. And although clearly combined, he can only fire like five of them. At no point do we ever see him reload. Like he yeah, fires okay. the the end off a bazooka. When it cuts back, he's just firing again, like it okay. like it automatically reloads. At this point, David Morse's character is like, you know, we've had reports of Statham running around like Peter fucking Pan, and Goodman's like almost crashes his golf cart. No, in fact, he does crash his golf cart. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> and he's like, get that pointy-eared prick to fuck right. Yeah. Take whatever you need. Take all these guns. Hunt that shit down. I think John Goodman presses a button and the door opens up and there's like four mer- hard mercenaries there, mm. which is a physical matches for Statham. And he's like, use these blokes. Yeah. And um, so how are they going to... So I like the idea that they're chased... Statham's in his hovercraft. Yeah. What are they in to chase uh, him? Can they be on um, like Green Goblin gliders? Yes. Um, they're John on Goodman's face on the front. Of each one. No, I like the idea. Okay, so David Morse is kind of like imagine Santa's sleigh. David Morse is in like a large carriage, almost like um, a a chariot. Yeah. And then the four mercenaries are on goblin gliders, but they're pulling it through the sky, right? Um, So they're chasing (laughs) Statham (laughs) in his hovercraft. They eventually land and they're, they're like throwing bombs, like almost like pumpkin bombs at him. And yeah. things are blowing up. And Again, have they got John Goodman's face on the bomb? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He parks his hovercraft up. They get out. And again, Statham just, like, kicks the shit out of them. It's really brutal. Um, and then David Morse is, like, shouting into a large walkie-talkie to John Goodman. Like, he's coming for his company. And then Statham just shoots a, a rocket at him and, and he blows up. And then he catches the walkie-talkie and he holds it up. And we get a shot of him, like, real extreme close-up. Mm. Um, uh, and the, I haven't worked this out in my head. If you can finesse this line, it'd be great. But there's there's got to be something along the lines of I'm um, I'm motherfucker nature or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm mother nature, and this mother is coming. For, I don't know. So now Statham's got a goblin glider, so he flies over to the mine and starts yeah. shooting rockets. It's only got one bazooka left, but it's just then the yeah. things he's blowing. You know, like the little wooden lookout towers yeah yeah you keep shooting them people just fall off it in slow motion absolutely uh, yeah. and so 
like on deadly ground just lots of things are exploding yeah everything's exploding <laughs> even things that shouldn't explode just explode yeah yeah he comes to his final confrontation with john goodman where's he going to fight john goodman is he is he got another henchman he fights before that like someone is equal i think i think there's lots of general i think there's the people that are keeping the the slaves in line Mm. So they'd be like almost like um Pat Roach in Pat Temple Roach, of Doom. Yeah. Who'd um, be a good Pat Roach for him to fight? He'd be good kind of modern day person like that. Again, my I see problem is I immediately go to like the world of wrestling, like a triple H. I was thinking of... Batista. Because he yeah. does quite a lot of henchmini stuff now, doesn't he? Old yeah. yeah, well pre pre Guardians of the Galaxy Batista, I think. Yeah. Before yeah. he got Yeah. Um so there's a fight there and Batista's got a whip. And he's yes. trying to whip Statham. Statham's got his bazooka, right? And yeah. Batista whips it out of his hand. They're fighting. And Statham's trying to go for the bazooka. And, and Batista's standing over, him and, and standing over him. And Statham shoves the bazooka up his asshole and fires. And Batista flies into the air like he's a yeah. firework. Brilliant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Perfect. Um, so then I, I kind of can't... I know I think we've touched on this a little bit before with with one of our Commando sequels, but I kind of feel like if we've got a mine, hmm. we should probably have a mine cart chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. John Goodman at the front, Statham at the back. Um, yeah. my, a mine cart chase up to a volcano. Oh, for got to be a volcano, absolutely. Um, and Statham fights john goodman over a volcano can can it you like mortal Kombat, where it, it, one of the finishing moves where you, you kind of uppercuts and the character flies off screen and then into the background into the volcano can it yeah. be like that yeah it's kind of shot like a 2d side yeah. on shot and statham just goes fuck this and yeah. just uppercut and then just gone and just falls and flies into a volcano yeah and then i think as well there's a moment of rest and um, he's just like, and then suddenly John Goodman's skeleton comes out of the lava, like one last time. Yeah. And Statham just karate kicks him in and smashes his skeleton to pieces. Yeah. Um, and then we see, we cut to Statham, still green, mm. but in a suit and tie at a, a United Nations conference. And he just directly addresses us about about the environment, but in a really kind of meandering thing where he's talking about, like, we should stop punching animals. Everyone's like, no one was. You were. And he's talking about volcanoes and slavery Mm. and deforestation, but none of it seems to connect. Like, he's just, just, he hasn't really thought about it. He's just gone up there and just decided, I'd better talk about environmentalism. I think we get him really drunk. And just yeah. say, and whisper in his ear, talk about the environment. And it's yeah. just a really drunken, meandering. Yeah. It, he just goes off topic. He starts talking about banging Kelly Brook. And then it well, turns into him banging. Shane, yeah. And then he just talks about football results. And then it goes back onto the environment. And I think rather than have loads of kind of footage of environment, like stoppage, he's, it's all run off a PowerPoint presentation that's got, that's, that's got too much text on it. <laughs> Yeah. So we just see like this really text heavy, badly designed PowerPoint. And sometimes there'll be like a weird transition that he's put in. 
and that like the pictures will be really badly formed and there'll be clip art and then every now and again just be a picture of like a, a sexy Kelly Brook picture and he's like oh yeah banged her on a bed of dead swans <laughs> and then kind of the end of it the last yeah. slide is like um you know the gopher from Caddyshack dancing <laughs> yeah it's that <laughs> it's just that a gif of that yeah and he just like save the animals and he just kind of vomits off screen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. scratches his his nuts he's like she's fucking leaves have been giving me and then he gets chased off stage by a swarm of bees the end <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that is justice for the hawk puncher. Starring Jason Statham as Fancy Cash. <laughs> justice, justice, justice. One As exhausting as this has been, and hopefully you've recovered from the awful imagery that I've put in your head partway through that. <laughs> It's time to think about the lessons we learned from On Deadly Ground. So what are we adding to Justice 101 here, um, Dick? Well, obviously, <coughs> save the environment. I think it's how you save the environment. So mm. I think actually if a wizened old woman or wizened old man or Ian McShane in a kind of sexy bikini, mm. if, if they you know persuade you to stop uh, using violence to solve the world's problems ignore them mm. because they're wrong the only way you can save the environment is through punching shooting and blowing shit up mm. it's the only way to save it and if when Greta Thunberg no, realizes that message yeah she'll get somewhere um, and I will add to that as well and I think it's important that I think it's still worthwhile everyone having a vision quest like do go on them um uh for no other reason that they can they're often quite sexy at times yeah like if you uh favor women you'll probably see some boobies if mm. you favor men some winkles um there'll there'll probably be some helicoptering in there somewhere yeah. um if you're bisexual bit of both um and actually i think you don't have to choose i think steven scale could have listened to the old woman while you know uh, having uh, i'd quite like love to the i'd quite liked it if he was talking to the old woman and steven seagal what in the middle of what she's talking just got up and it's like nah and just walked <laughs> over to the sexy woman and just yeah. like, I'm, I'm gonna ignore this shit anyway <laughs> yeah. i might as well Fuck um, off. <laughs> yeah so yeah have a vision quest for but purely for sexy reasons don't use that to inform your your justice seeking nope. um i think my lesson is and you know i've come around to this idea don't be afraid of wearing a crazy coat i think that if you've got a visual gimmick it sets you apart from the other you know run-of-the-mill vigilantes and psychos yeah if you're head you know lurking around alleyways in a balaclava stabbing you know perverts or whatever it's not a good look but if you're wandering around in cowboy boots and a and a, a a foil jacket, you know, with maybe uh, an eye patch or something, or a or a, or a bandana. Immediately, people are like, oh, actually no, this guy's got some style, some class, you know. Um, oh, and also, always have a jet ski nearby. 
Yeah, always. Or, or, <laughs> or Snowville. Wherever you Absolutely. are, have some kind of hidden motorbike. Even if you're in the most remote stuff, get one petrolled up, have it nearby. Yeah. You never know when you need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think this week we've we've covered a lot of ground. We've not only come up with an amazing film, but an amazing toy line and cartoon series that I'm now really sad doesn't exist. We've covered but... a lot of deadly ground, is what we've done. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Ah. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's what Statham said. 